Hey y'all, Pastor Emil here with another episode of Sweet Jesus. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Ice cream is sweet, but Jesus is far sweeter. Uh, excited to have some uh, fantastic guys in here today. Dwayne and Donald from Next Level Worship. Uh, they're not from around here, so they don't know what this whole Mardi Gras thing is. So mm-hmm. here we are doing a podcast on Mardi Gras. Yep. Uh, but we are doing it in Mardi Gras style. We've got Mardi Gras king yeah. cake. It is ice so cream. good. It is so good. Yeah. I've never yeah. had it before. It, it's it's, so uh, it's, it's pretty special. Yeah, and really, it's, it's pretty special. Uh, Bluebell Mardi Gras king cake. Bluebell, which is probably one of the best. Yeah, he didn't know Bluebell. He yeah. needs to. We, We've done him an injustice by not letting him in on Bluebell already. <laughs> yeah, actually, the tests. I have tested something like this, but I didn't know the name. Have you? Oh. Yeah, I think so. Well, Bluebell is a brand, and they've got several flavors. Okay. It's so good. It's it's, it's so good. I've tested these um, somewhere. You said it was hard to describe the taste. It is. I'm not sure what I... I do taste cinnamon. You mentioned cinnamon. cinnamon Cinnamony kind of flavor there, yeah, but it's a unique... I can can, can, can test cinnamon. It's a unique flavor. It's, It's good. It... It's like uh, New Orleans in the New Orleans area, you know. I mean, everything here is unique. You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, I've done a lot of podcasts and a lot of things like this, but no one's ever served me ice cream for it before. Well, uh, I got to say, this is this is pretty special. You could be coming back here. I, I think I may come back and be on the show again, even if I don't get invited. I'll just walk in. They just, they weren't doing it right. That's all I'm saying. I, I think you know. Right. And uh, next time we'll have the the third mic working. So. There's a little less of a buzz. <laughs> but uh, taste and see that the Lord is good, y'all. Get yourself some ice cream. Get yourself some king cake. Get yourself some king cake ice cream if you want the best of both worlds. A cupcake, cookie, whatever. Pull up a chair. Uh, listen in. Watch whatever you want to do. And join us as we uh, talk a little bit about Jesus. Uh, Dwayne and Donald are with Next Level Worship. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about about that at some point, I hope. But first, I got to ask you the question I ask everybody, mm-hmm. which is, in your opinion, in your life, I don't know who wants to go first here, but uh, uh, what's so sweet about Jesus? What is it about Jesus uh, that you think about often, that you appreciate most? Uh, what is it about Jesus that if everyone you, you feel like if everyone knew this about Jesus, they would just run to him? What What's so sweet about Jesus? Well, what a great question. Yeah, uh, part of our testimony should always include what you're just what you just ask. It's not just a an old religion to us. It's a yeah. vital living relationship. Uh, for me, lately, it's been. I told you this. I shared this with you the other day. All right. I feel like he just keeps whispering in my heart. Trust me. Trust me. You think mm-hmm. by now, you know, I've been walking with him for a while. You think I trust him. But I still struggle sometimes, and so he's. Op- I, I think what I'm learning right now, and he's sweet about him, is his patience. <laughs> his, his patience, his, his not patience, ours. No, not ours, right? Now. His patience with with me, really. Yeah. Oh, uh, and as his child, because that's the relationship that's permanent. It's he, I am his child, and that is a sweet thing. I used to sing a song by Bill Gaither mm. called uh, "The Longer I Serve Him, The Sweeter." There's that word. He grows. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, and, and, and it's still true. I mean, I sang that one as a child. I've been walking with him for many years. 
and it's just absolutely true. Awesome. If you if you have that daily relationship, it it doesn't get stale. It it mm-hmm. just doesn't. It's just amazing all the time, and every day it's fresh. There's always more I'm learning. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, Go ahead. Yeah, please. I think for me is one thing that 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 is so sweet about Jesus is His ways. Um. Uh, our, our ways, we determine the way they are going to come. It's like when 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 you plan to to do ice cream, you know when it is going to to to, to be ready. Uh, but with the ways of Jesus, is that sometimes we just see things happening without knowing all the back mm. back movements of how he's been working in the backgrounds, how he's been doing things. Um, it's just so sweet. Uh, sometimes. For us, we could see that this is going a bad way, so we, we stop it. That's why I love giving this example to say, God taught the Israelites about Canaan, but he never taught them the ways. He never taught them what would happen. The, for me, that is sweeter because I love surprises. And <laughs> <laughs> surprises are so good, and his words are full of surprises. The moment you're feeling that you're going down, then it just lifts you up. It, it really well. Then I'm glad I surprised you with ice cream. Yeah, this was a huge <laughs> surprise. <laughs> yeah. But this surprise is lesser than the surprises of God. Absolutely, amen. amen. I couldn't get it out fast enough because I had ice cream on my mouth. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there are surprises all the time. Usually, good surprises. Not always good surprises in life, mm-hmm. but. Um, Somehow he brings it all together for good, and you can look back and and see some things that oh okay, okay, and and the things I thought I needed and wanted, they weren't as important. Trust me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I was glad to hear you say that because yeah, I'm pretty sure that's me. <laughs> I think I may be better at that or worse at that depending on how you, than you are. <laughs> I understand what you mean. Yeah. Um, well, there's another song that's been around a long time. It's trust and obey. Mm. But there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. In the word happy, yeah, that's a debatable word, but I'm ultimately there's that down deep inside joy. I'm not happy about some of my circumstances, to be honest. Yeah. But I am joyful and happy in him in that way. And it's when I trust him, even when I don't like the surprises. I mean, I've got to just believe that our my, our Heavenly <laughs> Father knows what's best. We've we got to believe that he really knows what's best. Yeah, and uh, and he does, and he knows what's best for us. He created us; it makes sense, right? Now, now, if you are out there listening, and you don't believe that he created us. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe that, then I guess I could see why you you struggle with having happiness and joy in your life, mm. because then you wonder: Does anybody out there know anything about me? And does anyone care? Yes, someone that created you knows exactly what you need, and he want he knows what's best for you. That's the. Uh the deception of the enemy in the garden was to question God's goodness, right? I mean, that God wasn't keeping you from this for your good. He was keeping it from you for his good. Amen. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, this is for me and not you, and this is – I'm keeping something good from you. Mm-hmm. And that's how he, he got them to – to jump on board and that's how it operates today we, we look at all kinds of stuff out there and we just go well why can't i do that 
I want to, and so I will, and nobody can stop me, and and we think all these things are good for us, and yet uh, and that God is keeping something from us. But the cross shows us that God loves us. Amen. Right? And well, I'm thinking of John 10, 10, uh, and I may misquote it. I don't mean to. You can help me. But I, I remember that it says, the thief comes not but to kill and steal and destroy. Mm-hmm. I came. Boom. That they, that may they have might life. have life and have it abundantly. Uh, yeah, abundantly. So it, it, you know, who was it? Um, was it uh, um, Lewis that said he's either a, a Lord liar, liar lunatic or, or lunatic? Lord. So you got to say when he Jesus said that he either was lying about it, which I don't think so, mm-hmm. or he was crazy, which he wasn't. Or he's the Lord, and he can mm. pull that off in your life. He can actually help you have that. That's what I believe. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few people, I think, that have used that idea. And it's still still going around today. I was a great teacher. Now is a common one. But most of those people haven't actually read his teaching. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it, it's it's uh, That's true. Some of his teaching is pretty crazy. You know, Sermon on the Mount is no joke. Yeah. Like, oh, you think it's bad to uh, commit adultery. Well, Actually, just looking at yeah. a woman—that's where it starts. That's what your real problem is, right? Not committing adultery. I mean, it's—it's it's here. It, it's not, you know, murder. It's anger. It's right. these desires in us. That's where they start, and and then they just manifest themselves in all these crazy ways. And by the way, it's destroying the world, and it's destroying you. It's, you know, like you—we talked a little bit about <clears throat> earlier. I mean, his ways. He knows us. He created us. And we kind of work our way into those things. When we finally see that God's not out to get us or to keep things from us, he loves us in Jesus, we see that clearly. Well, that's what we remember when we're being lied to, that, hey, come on, do it. It'll be good. It's not going to hurt. It's mm. not going to do anything. Yeah. You know, it's not going to mess with anything. You'll be fine. God just, he, he just doesn't trust you, right, flipping that trust mm-hmm. idea around. Yeah, absolutely. The point you talked about of uh, adultery and just looking becomes becomes adultery for me it hits me so hard because it makes me to appreciate the cross more and how sinful we are. Mm. Yeah, and um, I would say no one under this earth has never looked at at someone lastfully, both male or female. Mm. All of us have done that. And that's why it is very, very important to appreciate the cross of Jesus Christ because that is the only, um, the, 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 the only power we have that describes us away from our weaknesses. And I love that so much. Yeah, yeah. The cross says, man, you are way worse than you thought you were. <laughs> right? Like I love n- nothing less than the death of the perfect and holy son of God would save you. That's wow. how awful you are. Wow. But look at how loved you are that he was willing to do it. And, Man, that's good. And I think we forget. That's a Tim Kellerism. That's also sound, too, well, I don't so. know. I, I, but I, whatever, that's good. I'm just saying that's good. He says that all the time. And, uh, you know, I think it gets back to this idea of his ways, you know, and mm-hmm. doing things his way. I think for too many people, when they look at Christianity, they look at Christianity and they say, well, if. Uh, if I'm going to straighten out my life or if I'm going to come back to God, I guess I better 
fix things first. I better clean things up a little bit. And mm-hmm. and they, they start to view the Christian faith as us doing stuff to be good. And, uh, and so then they look at his ways and kind of like, oh, gosh, I don't think I can do this. Mm. You know, this is this burden. And it's like, if I don't do it, well, then I'm stuck. You know, I, I'm, <laughs> there's no chance for me. They, they run into these repeated yeah. failures, right? And, and they're like, well, I guess that's for those holy people over there. I'm, that's not for me. Uh, but no. Jesus did it all. He's the only, it's, it's his righteousness that gets us in. Second uh, Corinthians five twenty one. God made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Not in our own efforts to to stick to His ways, but His ways are good. They are <laughs> right, and, yeah. and so. But when you when you lose that pressure of like I have to do His ways or else, and now it's like oh I get to do His ways, I. I see that they're good for me even when I don't do it. In fact, when I don't do it, now I see more clearly why my life is going off the rails. Yes. That's why I I love reading the Old Testament because um, I love reading it just like real human beings. Mm -hmm. And you see every human being in the Old Testament that God used they were full of failures. <laughs> he picks, he picks the, 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 the Levites who became people who were serving in the Holy of Holies. But their, their ancestors were the ones that killed thousands and thousands because of that sister who was raped by another guy. Mm. You look at Abraham's life, the, 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 the man we call we call the father of faith. He failed many times, oh, yeah. but God never got tired. So you see all this trail, and it's a, for me, it's a picture that shows me to say, I just come the way I am. The first step to come to him is just to obey and go to him, and yeah. then he's going to mm. do the rest, and I just love doing that to him, for him. Yeah. Mm. Thank God he uses failures. Yeah, he does. Otherwise, I wouldn't get to be uh, on the team, you know? Amen, definitely. Amen. Yep. And, and that's a big thing I think a lot of people struggle with. I was actually, there's a there's a guy with a, a an Instagram account. He's got a podcast. He's got a couple of things. The New, Ev- New Evangelicals, he sort of left behind your sort of typical American evangelicalism. He's criticizing it pretty heavily now, but I think he's still wrestling with faith what the, what the christian faith is to him looking back and seeing all these awful things going on and i was watching something he did the other day and you could see like how complicated it was for him because i think he went to this uh the revival the asbury revival thing that's going mm-hmm. on up i don't know if you're how familiar you are with that i'm not all that familiar with it just that it's going on and uh, he went and he's just watching people having real encounters with God, real experiences, and through these people that he may or may not actually like or agree with, or he sees so many things are doing wrong to hurt people in, in some ways, or what he believes, right? And they're connected to it maybe in some ways tangentially, maybe more actively, and like, but this is really helping people. <laughs> yeah. And I messaged him, I'm like, man... 
this is what I've been struggling with. I've been through so many messy church situations. I've seen so many terrible people involved in ministry, terrible pastors, terrible yeah. all this stuff, and people that have such a hard time disconnecting from that uh, because God has done something good through these terrible people, which we are too. Mm-hmm. And if he didn't do things through terrible people, we wouldn't get to be part of this. Yeah. Um, but I think sometimes we lose that connection between what God is doing through someone mm-hmm. and the person, right? So we start receiving it from a person more than we're receiving it mediated, you know, sort of by God through somebody. And we uh, we lose sight of that. And we start to worship the people. We yes. Start to, you know. Yes. This past Sunday, we were, I, I've been blown away uh, at, at the church we were at um, in, in, in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I think sometimes the presence of God moves so uh, powerfully in the in the places where people realize that they are weak mm-hmm. and their only rescuer is God. Mm-hmm. That place, oh my God. He, he spoke. You, you can speak about that. You you were there and the pastor said something that whoosh. we were in a church that um we were doing a one one day revival and basically we didn't call it that, but that's basically what it was. Uh, where we spoke uh, to the classes that morning, all the classes came together, and then also the in the service, and then that, after, that evening we did a night of worship, which their definition of that is a night of music, and that's what they mean by that, which is fine. And so we definitely lift up, lifted up some musical worship, and it was exciting. But about half of that five or six hundred member congregation, or maybe more than half, were recovering addicts mm. um, from. Um, uh, anything from uh, sex addiction, addiction mm-hmm. post- prostitution, um, drunkenness, uh, yeah. drugs, right. and, um, and 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 the pastor said this. I guess this may be what you're referring mm-hmm. to. But after after yeah. the service, he said, um, he said these people have been forgiven much. He said, and they know it. Yeah. Was that Luke seven? Yeah, I don't remember where it's found, but he did reference that actually, what Jesus said there. But but that these people have been forgiven much. And he yeah. said and he said they know it and and. And and they boy they 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 were exciting to be around. They were amen in us, you know. And come on, preacher, you know. It's like this is a Baptist church. We're not used to that. But uh, and but they were very lively. But the pastor said that's why. Yeah. And 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 the other point you say, the pastor, which which really touched me was, we don't call them by who they were. That's right. He did say that. Yeah. Well. I'll elaborate on that a little yeah, bit in, in context because we were just he and I were speaking yeah. afterwards, and he said, he said we're looked down upon from some of the pastors and churches in the area. He said they're suspect of what we're doing over here, and he said we're just trying to reach people for Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because when he first came six seven years ago, they weren't really ministering. They said they had one small group, about five people up in the balcony, nobody ever talked to, and they were the <laughs> attic people, you know, that were recovering. And he went up, he went up to the balcony and talked to them. He said, and they were like, "You're coming up here to talk to us?" He said, "Yeah, we we how can we help you?" And Minister to you, and so from there they've they've started recovery houses, and they've got all this ministry going. I was like, wow! But he said that pastors said you got these prostitutes down there. He said, don't call them by their sin, call them by who they are now. 
because now they know Christ and they're children of God. Yes. Wow. And and they've yeah. left that lifestyle behind. I mean, you know. But 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 remember Josh? Yes. Uh, Josh uh, actually came to our event in Pensacola last year. There was part of their team from that church mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania. Traveled down to Pensacola to be with us. So I got to meet him uh, this time last year. Well, now when we went up there to Pennsylvania this past weekend, I saw Josh again. Josh, one year ago, had been at that time nine months sober. Wow! At that time, and he was he was excited to be there. He was a young guy, about twenty, you know, and uh, kind of long hair. He had that really cool look about him, but but you know, just he just happy to be sober and happy to know Jesus. You know, yeah. he had just recently been saved. Well, anyway, we went back up there, and and, uh, and I, we asked about Josh. How's Josh doing? Well, he's doing well now, but about three months after he went back from us seeing him, about a year into his sobriety, he fell off the wagon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I said, how's he doing? He said, oh, he's he's doing much better. But then at lunch, Josh went to lunch with us Sunday, and I heard the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. And were you did you hear that when he was sharing it? I don't know if you heard this, no, but you may have been off getting your food. But anyway, he said, he said it was, oh, yeah, it was when we were first sitting down, so you didn't hear it. He said, the reason that I did not stay away long, he said, is because so many people in the church loved me and wanted me to come back. He said it was easy for me to come back. Mm-hmm. The church didn't make it hard for me to come back. Wow. What a statement. Yeah. Uh, there's actually, I, I had a guy in here. He wrote a book, uh, Ted Jackson, You Ought to Do a Story About Me. It's about a friend of his who played in a couple of Super Bowls. He was an NFL player and uh, wound up in drugs and things. He's on the street, and he's a photojournalist. He's out taking pictures. He meets this guy, and he says, you ought to do a story about me, and starts this friendship, relationship, all that kind of stuff. In that book, he talks about some of the struggles that people have, and um, he talks about this study of people after Vietnam, soldiers after Vietnam, who almost all of them were using hard drugs in Vietnam. Uh, and when they came back, 96% of them just went back to normal life. And the, I think the theory behind that study was that if you have people that love you, if you have relationships, you will give up those things a lot more easily than That's if you a, don't. I've not heard that study, but yeah, I can I, see that. I think they even did stuff with rats too, like rats that had other things to do besides just the the drug water and the mm-hmm. plain water. Mm-hmm. You know, they gave up on the drug water after a while. Mm-hmm. If they had peop- other rats or other, other things to keep them ac- occupied, other mm-hmm. like a real life to have, then they wound up going back to that. But it's really interesting you say that now. If I could just deep dive on that for just sure, a moment. Absolutely. Yeah. If, you, if you, you think about Scripture, uh, we focus on, well, not we, but I've heard people talk about the Bible is just a bunch of do not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. It's not that. It's, mm. He said the greatest commandment is thou shalt love the Lord your, your God. God with all your heart, and, so and, a, and a children's worker, a really good children's worker will tell you this, and I'm not one, but I've been told by them, that you don't just tell a child what not to do. You point them to what they should do, yes. and you help mm-hmm. get them back on where they need to be. And, you should, and if you think about what Paul said, uh, he said, set your mind on things above, not mm-hmm. on things earth. And, he, you know, and, and in Philippians, he said, uh, he said, think on these things that are lovely and pure and praiseworthy and all that. He's giving you a direction that's, it's not just saying don't, 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 don't. 
Oh, no. The, the option yeah. we have is so far superior to what we don't have to do. We've got a blessed Savior we can follow, and we can have all this joy. This is the way we should go. That's great. Yeah. yeah. No, that's fantastic yeah. because that's exactly what – when we're busy saying, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, you know, like we're kind of white-knuckling it, mm-hmm. trying to it, – it's like the, the, the spirits. Jesus cleanses someone and he says, you know, and this guy comes back and he's got him again or something mm-hmm. like that. He says, mm-hmm. when you clean out a house, you yep. got to put something else in there or, mm-hmm. or else they're going to come back more, even worse, right? It's yep. that same idea. You You have to have something to do, not just something not to do. Yeah, I, I, I think that's why, as a church, we we need to realize and be know around us some of the weakest people we have around. Um, like like Dwayne was talking about Josh. Um, the more we put the don'ts on the people, the more they they, they ask the question, "Why are they stopping this to me to do this?" Then covering other other people is so important, especially the weak. It's like this body. Um, we are called the body of Christ, all of us. And let me tell you that all the sensitive parts of the body are not exposed to the sun. They mm. are hidden. Mm. You know, you, you cannot bring out the, the liver out. Mm. The sun will scorch it immediately. Mm. So there are some of the people in our midst, in our churches, that require that protection from us leaders, from the church members, so that they can be protected. They are important in their own calling. Um, I think that's what we need to do. And Christ says, die, love the Lord, uh, vertical, and then the other way it comes horizontally now, to love one another. Mm. And the the the, uh, the the only um, antidote to sin is when we experience the love of God and the love of one another. Amen. Yeah, yeah. We need uh, we need the love of people. We're made for it. Love of God, love of people. Um, I'm really excited that you brought up the whole recovery angle here, and maybe we can come back to it. But I don't want to forget about some other stuff here too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to ask, you know, how did you meet Jesus? How did you kind of grow in Jesus? Um, and then kind of what led you into ministry? I don't think I even told everybody where you're from. So uh, you can... You can you hear got, me talking. No, I'm, I'm from you, far up in the north there. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> they know that much. Uh, but, no, uh, I'm from Alabama. <laughs> you know, where are you from? How did you, how'd you get into this whole Jesus thing okay. um, yeah. and uh, kind of what led you to what you're doing and what is that? You know, I, I don't want us to miss that. Cool. But if we get back to the recovery stuff, I yeah. got a couple of okay. questions and all kinds of stuff we can do. Start with you. Mr. Yeah, what you got? I, I, I thought you Me? <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Well, I've already said from Alabama. Oh, I'm from Alabama. <laughs> my, uh, oh, my father was a farmer as well as someone who worked a blue-collar uh, factory job. Uh, but uh, he uh, did the weekend farming, um, watermelons and cantaloupes. So I grew up in that environment. And my mother baked cakes for her family and friends, and then it turned it into a business. Got a, built a bakery and got a license and made a living at it. And I grew up in that rich environment of going to church every Sunday, um, 
because I had to, not because I necessarily wanted to, honestly, mm-hmm. because I had to as a child. And uh, But in the midst of all that going, the Lord got my attention through godly Sunday school teachers, through a godly pastor, through a godly mom, more than anything. And uh, when I was very young, I won't say the age because I may have some children listening, but I can say that God can work on a heart very young. Mm-hmm. And so don't, don't, you know, don't, I'm speaking to the people listening right now. Be careful not to just say, well, that child's too young. Well, I, there may be, but, but in some might be taking a step toward Jesus. I don't know. But I can tell you that I was all in <laughs> when I went and, and, and you don't have to be in a church service to do this. But for me, my testimony is that I was in a church service and I, I did do the walk forward thing. I did, but I, I know a lot of people get trusted Christ in their, in their, house or in their car. For me, it was in the church house, in the building. And from there, I um, I didn't grow. I mean, I went to church, I went to school in first grade, and uh, my friends thought I was strange. And so, uh, you know, they, I didn't talk about it. You know, I, I just stopped talking. So I just kept it to myself. But, but when I was 10 years old, uh, my father built a bakery for my mother because, like I said, she went into business for it. So at 10, she he built a bakery for her in the backyard of our house. And he built it and finished it on a Saturday, went to work on Monday and died of a heart attack. Ooh. Just like that, gone two days later. And so it was a, not a very grand opening, honestly, the next week without our father, my father and her husband. But but God used that to get my attention. I committed my whole life to Christ. And, um, and so I, I did begin to grow. I went through something called the Mailbox Club by the – by Child Evangelism Fellowship, maybe be familiar with that. And uh, that was my discipleship tool, plus my church, local church. And uh, my mom, you know, just kept on discipling me. So anyway, I kept growing, and along the way I felt led into ministry because I was already out there doing some ministry, sharing my testimony, singing in different places. So the Lord led us into local church work, and I loved it most of the time. <laughs> but anyway, that's another story. And uh, But, you know, uh, it was o- overall very, very very rewarding and joyful, but uh, went to school, got married, started having children. But along the way, after school, I felt led into full-time evangelism. And so what we mean by that, if you're not familiar with that idea, it's an itinerant ministry. So we're not working at another job. We're doing this. This is what we do for a living. Mm -hmm. So I would travel from place to place about 30, 40 weeks out of the year and sing and speak and, and do ministry like that. And I went to many places, many churches, many states. So I did that for several years, went back into local church work. Along the way, though, I felt led to write a book. Uh, it wasn't a book at first. It was really just a series of devotionals that, that I compiled into a booklet form. But it became, for my praise team, I wrote it for my, my church, uh, something that we could grow in our worship to God. And I knew we needed a tool to help us experience him in a personal, intimate way. So we wrote these devotionals that became a book that got published. I didn't know that was going to happen. And uh, and the Lord just, you know, kind of blew it up, to be honest. And, and now it's used at uh, universities and other places. And I didn't know all that was going to happen. God did all that. I just wrote it for my team. And uh, but it was it was spiritual formation for me in gazing on him and being transformed, I believe. It's scriptural to know the truth, and the truth sets you free. So let's teach each other the truth. Let's learn the truth. And so I did that, wrote that out, talked about it with my team, and God used it. So anyway, long story, a little shorter, is that it's not much shorter, but a little shorter, is that um, 
Oh, seven, seven years ago now? Six and a half, almost seven years ago. In April uh, will be seven years. So getting uh, close to seven years ago, we started a nonprofit organization called Next Level Worship International. And it's a 501c3 uh, organization. So, we, you know, it's based on uh, donations primarily. Uh, and uh, we, we teach people what we're talking about right now. I keep... Wow, mm-hmm. I didn't know this conversation was going to – this is good stuff because we yeah. love these conversations. We have. We don't have it all figured out. I'm looking in the camera telling you we don't have it all figured out. <laughs> We're not perfect, but here's what we know. We know Jesus loves us, and he's worthy of our worship, and that's what we go around and teach, and we provide resources to help people get that. And I got two kids along the way. I didn't mention them. Two boys, 24 and 27. They live in Louisville, Kentucky. And my wife's back at home in Alabama, and I bought her a Hershey's Kiss at the Hershey, Pennsylvania chocolate factory yesterday. So right now, I'm her. I'm a hero. You're a hero. Today. Good husband day. Carry on. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, the the podcast, I mean, it was really an idea initially that, uh, you know, I had before I even got to open arms. And it was just, you know, I have these really cool conversations with people, Mm -hmm. and nobody else gets to hear them. And how do I document that in a way that makes it available? Why don't we just all talk and let people kind of listen in? That's that's sort of what this is. I love the concept. Um, I don't I don't know my, a lot of pastors doing this, but I love it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I it's not the fanciest. There are definitely some things I could do and probably should do to jazz it up a little bit. But uh, man. I just, I just, it's the content. It's getting to sit down with people. It's, it's really a few different kinds of audiences. You know, there are people, Christians in churches that just don't get to have these conversations. Mm. There are uh, Christians that uh, aren't in churches because mm. churches hurt them, but mm. they still kind of like Jesus. And mm. hey, the the kingdom of God is still at work. Christians in churches need to know that too, because everyone, oh, the sky's falling, churches are falling apart, all that kind of yes. stuff, and they are to a yes. degree. Uh, and I try to talk about some of those things, why I think that is. and uh, But then there are people that are just never going to even set foot in a church. Okay. But they might maybe, you know, let's pray that somebody stumbles across this kind of stuff and they go, all right, these are real people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not there's, – there's no financial vested interest if I listen. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe I can get to Jesus – without having any part of that messiness, you know, that, yep. that that they see on the news, which it's real. I mean, churches and leaders, they fall and stuff happens and people do it in the name of Jesus sometimes. And, you know, it's it's a mess. But that that's the concept here. And uh, so we're just I just like to talk and hear what people have to say when they talk. And so but now we got to give Donald a chance. He right, yeah. he weaseled out of going first. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, you know. <laughs> yeah. I gave my boss first. So <laughs> you, you can be judged after that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My name is Donald. Uh, my son name is Kutala. K-U-T-A-L-A. That is an African name. I come from a country called Zambia. Um, I was born in Zambia. Uh, I've grown up in Zambia. I've lived most of my life in Zambia. But I've lived two months now in the United States of America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So this, this 34 days and then in 2018... Um, uh, 37 days, so I'm about 40-something days. Is it 60-something days yeah. to 70 somewhere there? Mm-hmm. What a privilege, yes. Um, I was born in a, in a family of, um, should I say different fathers, but one father. So 
uh, if we were to count properly, we should be around 12, somewhere there. Wow. And, um, so know. 12 siblings? Yeah, siblings, so different mothers. Um, yeah, there was the first mom, second mom was my mom. Uh, then there was um, uh, another mom, so I, I remember three, three, three moms, different moms. So that's why we grew up. Um, we grew up Baptist people. I used to go to the Baptist church, especially Sunday school when I was young. Um, but uh, things changed when when my father was working uh, in the city, moved to the village. Uh, he he went to the village. And that's where now uh, things changed because now I had I was in in this environment. All of us were in this environment of beer drinking, um, smoking, yeah. everything. So we entered that. That was a lifestyle for for quite some time until my father had to move uh, with my stepmom to to another village. That's where we went. But we continued with that. So. Um, I, I remember getting baptized when I was in boarding school, uh, but I could be so holy in a, in a boarding school uh, because, you know, there are rules that are said, so you could say, hallelujah, hallelujah. The moment you go out, it's like you the, you are out of the, that crowd. Mm-hmm. Of, yep. that, that Then I go back to who I was. But very committed, I was singing in the choir, but <laughs> not, not being serious uh, about that. Then... Um, in 1999, I lost my my father. Um, I had already lost my mother in 1991. Wow. Uh, they, they were already separated. So in 1999, I lost my father um, and my stepmother a week later. So that was a season that was difficult for me, and I had to go through a rejection uh, because of something that happened ar- around the family. Uh, in Africa, it's not it's, it's not more nuclear family. It's more extended family. So uh, you you are one uh, in everything that you do. So I went through a, a huge rejection, and um, I find my I found myself living with, uh, with 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 football players or soccer players, if you like. Not <laughs> in foot, no football. Then it will mean uh, American football, no soccer players. Um, football makes more sense for your sport than it does. It does. Us. I say <laughs> that all the time. Yeah. yeah how, I have, uh, I get surprised because uh, I see people holding this ball most of their times in their hands, and they call it football. I said, all right, it's fine. Yeah. We'll respect that. But, yeah. but yeah. if we call it handball, it's just going to get confused it, with handball. Let's call it American football just like that, because yeah. I, I'm, I'm beginning to love it. So um, <laughs> it was from that time that um, that moment of disconnection, uh, you could call it rejection, was the moment that I realized a few years ago that I needed that time for me yeah. to know Jesus. Because in the town I went, uh, I was a drunkard in that time because rejection has hit me so hard. So the only thing I could, excuse me, was beer drinking, smoking, everything, womanizing, all of those things. So there came a moment when... <laughs> A certain family just said, "Hey, what you do, you don't like it. So would love you to would love to bring you closer to us. That's why it's very very important. This vertical love is so so important. And uh, sometimes people won't need 
the scripture that we would say that God loves you, they'll just need maybe a hug mm. or just a drawing close because that is what we need to produce as believers. We don't need to produce all the scriptures because scripture, if we cannot work it, if we cannot obey it, then it, it has got no effect to the world. So God has said, go and love. We don't go read scripture, we just go and love. Yeah. So that's that was a moment. And they invited me to church. And this, I, I, I've never told you. And this lady up to now, the moment I see, uh, whenever I see her uh, on Facebook, I thank her. Because I felt the whole world is just closed up. Very good looking lady, I can call her my mom that time. When I was going in the church the first time, Day Spring Church, this lady saw me. She has never met me. She has, I don't know her. She just came and hugged me and said, Welcome to church. That hug changed everything in my heart because I said, I'm a drunkard. I, I, I called myself a useless man. Receiving a hug from this good-looking mom. Wow. That pushed me to enter church. And the message was so powerful that I had to just recommit my life to the Lord in a very new way. And I did some mad things <laughs> on that Sunday because <laughs> <laughs> I, I think some people, when they look at me, if, if they can remember, they think I was mad because I did all the opposite things. The moment he, the, the, the pastor preached, uh, finished preaching, who is my who is my, my, my power? I'll explain that later on. Uh, he finished preaching. Uh, he was saying, close your eyes. I was walking out of the, asking people, excuse me. So maybe they thought I was going out, but I was going to the front. Mm -hmm. So when they were saying, raise your hands, those who want to receive Jesus, I was on the way. Yeah. The time they are saying, start praying the, 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 the sinner's prayer. The, the, the prayer of confession, I was doing it in front. Um, so those people who were coming to receive Jesus, they <laughs> found me standing in front. And from that time, I've never been the same. I decided to follow Jesus. And um, wow, it was not easy. It was difficult. But I said, whatever happens, I'll follow Jesus. I was a DJ. DJ meaning playing music in yeah, nightclubs, yeah. everything. I came back that time when I received Jesus. I came and gave away every tap that time. Every tap I said, this doesn't matter to me. I was making a little money from that. But I said, I'll never do this again. I'll follow Jesus. Mm. And um, it was hard. And um, I... I I went away for some time. Then I came back and reconnected to the church where I am up to now. And I was, I was asked to be um, a worship pastor. It, it, uh, the pastor, my pastor, Dr. Joseph Muila, couldn't, he, he, he couldn't break through. He failed to break through to tell me that I'm a pastor for quite a long time. I said, no. God cannot choose such kind of people like me. <laughs> you, you don't know me. You, do you know where I've come from? He said, no, you are the one. I said, no, 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 no. Let him find some better people, not me. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Then one day I said yes, and um, I remember when they were praying for me. It was not like a celebration moment for me. I was crying all the time because I said, "Who am I that God can say <laughs> you are a pastor?" So um, it was from that time, twenty zero eight, twenty zero nine. I married. Uh, my beautiful wife, her name is Precious, and I call Precious. Precious. Uh, yeah, nice. she's Precious. That's her real name, so <laughs> I always make sure that I, I yeah, she's Precious, and um, by his grace, we've got three kids, uh, Jemima, our firstborn, she's 12, uh, Joel, eight, and Keziah, our lastborn, she'll be turning three in three months, in, in April, actually. So, in that walking now, uh, I, I I was leading worship at, at our main church. Uh, then in 2012, I had an encounter by one of the pastors who came to preach in our church. And um, he had a word for me and he said, I see you raising the young uh, uh, people into worship. And I said, I don't know. I don't have any information about this. So what do I do? I went to the computer, to the internet, and I typed. My internet was, my, my computer was like, difficult it could take one hour for it to to be to boot up to boot up properly (laughs) one hour because it was so old so (laughs) when i connected i remember typing the word worship because someone has told me that you'll be leading the you'll be raising the young in worship and i said i need information for me to to do this I, i I have no information about worship. I need somebody to, to teach me. I need books to read about worship. So I went on the internet and typed the word worship. So there were many names that came on worship, and one of them was Next Level Worship. And that's how I I clicked uh, and subscribed. That I, I don't know how I knew the word subscribe because I was so I was a very <laughs> huge amateur in, on internet and everything, and boom! Every week he was sending me some 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 motivation Mondays, and 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 I kept on sucking. When I get that, I go and teach. When I get that, I go and teach. Then some months later, he sent me sent an email to say we are. Um, would love to coach you. We, we are doing coaching uh, at Next Level Worship, so for you to to be part of this coaching, you need to pay three ninety nine dollars. I remember very well. I said, "All right, I don't have three ninety nine, so I think I'll be good to be receiving what they give." It's okay. Um, then three, yeah, five days later, he sent another email to say, "All right, not only that, but we can scholarship you." said, oh, okay, this one looks good. So that's how I typed in every requirement. (laughs) And um, three days later, there was a huge placard on my email when I opened. Congratulations. You have, I need to look for that email. You have, you, you have, you have, you have been selected. And it was a wow thing in my life. I told everyone I was ready. And, and it said, 8 p.m. I said 8 p.m. is not a problem for me. 8 p.m. that is 20 hours in our time. I'll be good. I opened the computer at 19 hours, 7 p.m. 8 p.m. I tried to start. Then it shows no 3 p.m. 3 a.m. So meaning 8 p.m. here, and in my country, 3 a.m. in the morning, mm-hmm. while everyone is sleeping, and I was waking up to. <laughs> to be in his class for 
For, but for you were always t- there. I mean, you were there every week. Yeah, I was. I, I, I was determined, and whatever, whatever I got, I would tell him. I, I don't know others, but I would send him an email to say, please, can you send me those, mm-hmm. uh, the, the powerpoints? Up to now, I have them. These powerpoints, because you would take those and teach your your yes. team, your praise yeah, team. I, I would teach church. my praise team. Mm-hmm. So I became like uh, every three weeks, I should do uh, a, a praise team seminar. And some of them were like, why is he doing this? Because I was so fired up. Uh, and, <laughs> and then yeah. I finished. I said, all right, now we move to the next thing. Then the following year, he sent me an email saying, I'm coming to Zambia uh, with another team. He was coming with us. Can, you, can we meet somewhere? Uh, it was about seven hours drive uh, on a bus. So that's how I got on the bus. And I looked for that place and found him in front preaching. I said, that's the one. And that's how we met. And from that, Next Level Worship is now in 10 countries in Africa. Wow. Yeah. The international bat has been built that um, we've got presence in, in, in Pakistan, Bangladesh, and other nations in Europe, in Germany, um, mm-hmm. Africa, God is just doing mighty things there, and um, I'm privileged to be to be called an African director by by this man. Yeah, he so. is our Africa director for Next Level Worship, and so we have uh, leaders and directors in different parts of the world. But he's our first one. I mean, yeah, uh, we weren't international, honestly, until we went to Zambia, and God just expanded expanded our vision. And in in starting the nonprofit, he was there from the very beginning of that. So, uh, what exactly are you trying to do with next level worship? What are you? You kind of got something out real quick before about uh, yeah. uh, helping people uh, gazing on him and being transformed. Right? He caught that. That's, yeah, that's yeah. actually very fundamental. And I did just throw it out, but oh, that's well. Too, I mean, that's Hebrews huge. twelve, fix your eyes on Jesus, Boom. the other and perfecter There's of faith. There's so much scripture about Isaiah that. twenty six three. Yep. you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed, on, stayed you. on you. Yeah, um, it's actually Second um, uh, Corinthians chapter three verse eighteen. If you boil that verse down. Oh, uh, it's really says gaze on him and be. I mean, it, it's what it means. Gaze on him, uh, and you'll be transformed. And so that's what we believe about worship. Um, people th- hear that word, they go, "So if I just sing long enough, I'll be transformed." That's not what we mean by that. Mm. Worship, you know, it's loving the Lord. You, it's whatever, <laughs> whatever you love a lot. I mean, I love the ice cream, but I don't worship the ice cream. You know, yeah. I mean, it's really good. But so you can love a lot of things. But what are you going to put first and prioritize in your life? What's going to go, like, I'm going to do that regardless. You can worship uh, a sport. You mentioned football. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know people that they're going, yeah. to, they're going to be at their football games, but they're not too worried about church or anything else, but they, they're going to not miss that. Be careful what you worship because we're all going to worship something. Mm-hmm. What's going to be the most important thing we're going to prioritize? Some people worship a relationship with another person. Mm-hmm. God made us to be in relationship with other people. That's fine. But when that person becomes so important to you mm-hmm. that you will please that person, even if it means displeasing God, mm-hmm. then guess what? You've put that person above God, and you worship that person. Yeah. So what we teach about worship is that worship, in, the, in its essence, is loving the Lord your God with all your 
heart, mind, soul, strength. I mean, every part of us. That means my affections, my attention, my adoration goes toward Him more than anybody or anything else. That is true worship. And you can't pull that off alone. you got to have the Holy Spirit in you. you got to have His grace to help you. <laughs> but that's what we teach all the time. And we, But it goes on to say, and we often miss it. We miss it. I did for many years, too. He said the second is as unto it. It's like in the same breath. He didn't even take a breath. He just kept on rolling. Not only love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. You cannot separate those two ideas. You love no. God, you love people. You can't love God and not love people. And, and because we believe that's the essence of worship, loving God, part of worship is loving people. And so that's what we teach about it. Yeah, that's. Uh, they didn't ask Jesus for the top two. They just asked him for the number one, and he gave them two. He gave it. That's yeah. right. He summed it all up in that. And and actually, I was thinking that earlier when you talked about that woman who gave you that big giant hug, and yeah. and uh, even when you were talking about the uh, the attic ministry yep. at the church you guys were at recently, it, it people don't care what the Bible says about the love of God. Mm-hmm. You can quote the Bible all day; they don't care. Uh, they want you to show them the love of God, even if they don't say that, right? Uh, they don't believe it. Uh, so everyone's quoting Bible passages to people. They don't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They don't believe the Bible is worth anything to begin with. How do you get somebody to cross over that? You, you, you don't do it by quoting the Bible. You go and show them the Bible, show them the love of God, all that kind of stuff. So it's if I can uh, uh, just take a m- moment more, just unpack what we teach, and then then it'll make yeah, more, more sense Please. to folks. I think. Uh, we we sum it up in three words, and they're simple words. Everything we teach is simple. I think it's got a lot of depth to mm-hmm. it, but but we want it, uh, even a child to understand it. Yeah. So we sum it up in three words: inward, upward, and say it outward. There you go. See, mm-hmm. everybody in our team knows this because it's fundamental to us. It's foundational. Uh, inward worship. Is loving the Lord your God like we talked about. It's loving him all the time, frankly, even when nobody's watching. I'm still loving God. And that's inward. Okay. Mm. But it doesn't stay there. This is Colossians 3.16, man. This is like, you know, um, uh, let the word of Christ dwell richly within or among you, but ultimately within you. But then it doesn't stay there. You know, it says teaching and admonishing one mm-hmm. another. Uh, singing psalms. Well, how are you going to sing? You're going to let it out. It's not going to stay just inside. Religion is not a private thing. Well, maybe religion is, and maybe that's good. Maybe it needs to stay private. But a relationship <laughs> with Jesus is not private. Mm-hmm. We are to let it out. And so imagine a, a, a you know the, a, a pot of water on the sp- stove. If it starts boiling, it's going to Something's going to come out of it. In the same way, the more we love him in here, it starts bubbling out. And the bubbling part, we believe, is the clapping and singing and shouting. And not everybody does all that. That's okay. It's not about what you're not spiritual if you dance a certain way. It's not about that. You're, it's spiritual in that it's loving him. And you're walking the walk and it just bubbles out of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, But ultimately... Because of, of the second part of the greatest commandment, we believe that it's not only upward. We don't just get together and, woo let's praise the Lord. But we walk out of the church house, and we share his love with other people. And we pray for other people. We care for other people. We give a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. And all that's mm-hmm. acts of worship. That's what, we, that's what we call outward worship. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Simple, right? Simple. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not so simple to do and live, but yeah. I like the the ward part, inward, upward, outward, because then it keeps me confusing it 
from confusing it with something else that we've got up and in and out is a thing that we've got here. Oh, is it? It's, okay. Uh, but it's, it, it's like a healthy, balanced, relational life. So Mike Breen, 3DM, okay. uh, building a discipling culture. Uh, you need your up relationship, I've but you need your in relationship. Yes. You need your yeah. out. Like you don't reach people right. without a relationship generally. Right. I no, mean, that, it that, can, that it works. can happen. You know, if somebody just walks yeah. up to you and gives you a hug, yeah. but you you need relationships also with those kinds of people for them to yeah. make that leap. But that makes complete sense when it comes to worship. It, mm. it, it does start inside. And, you know, I think more and more we're finding people that say, well, I don't need a church to believe in Jesus or worship Jesus. And yeah. I would say that, you know, that's probably true for the most part. But I think what they're saying is really like an organized group of people that are probably going to hurt me again. Mm-hmm. You know, that's okay. usually what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's not something that you do as a solo. No. I mean, at the very least, your family. Yeah. And at the very least, it's got to sort of bubble up, like yeah. you said, with your family or with some other group of Christians that you organize. Totally detached from any kind of structure is fine. Yeah. Um, you know, that's okay if that's all you can handle. And then after that, it's got to go outward somehow, and you need people to do it with you because well, otherwise you're probably not going to do it. <laughs> well, it's really interesting you bring it up because a lot of worship teachers, and that's what we are, we tend to come across, I think, as it's all personal, intimate, it's all about us. Both of the most classic, some of the, some of the several classic scriptures of own worship that, that we are often used to teach. But a couple of those are the one I just mentioned, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell richly within you, teaching and admonishing others with all psalms, hymns, and spiritual psalms. It goes on from there. That is a classic teaching and worship, but in context, that's talking about the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. It's not just all my little personal thing here. Among you, let the word of Christ dwell among you. In the congregation. Plural is usually... Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can't tell the plural words, in English the way you can in Greek. That's stuff, true. So. so you don't just go over here in a little corner and that's you know and just always have church there. If you have the opportunity to be with other people, you ought to do it because that's the idea. And the other verse that's often used is First Corinthians chapter ten, verse thirty-one. It says, um, "Whether you eat or whether you drink or do whatever all, you do, do it all for the glory of God." That's right. So we'll, we'll we'll pick that out of scripture, and that's a and that's wrong because that's a powerful scripture in and of itself. It stands alone, but but when you put it in context in chapter ten, do you know what I was talking about? People don't want to think about this, but it's true. It's talking about being sensitive to the people that are doing things that you don't quite understand, but 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 we need to be sensitive to them. Like the context is like you know um, uh, some eat meat sacrificed idols, others don't. And but yet we make this big deal out of these things, and we become, you know, disunified with each other, and say, "Be sure what you do that mm-hmm. you can say that in all faith that you're doing it for God's glory, not just for your own edification or your own preferences." Mm-hmm. See, that is context of people, not just an individual. True worship, I think, yeah. I think includes and must include the preferences of others and thinking of others above yourself. Just before that, in chapter ten, verse thirteen. I just preached on this, so yep. it's kind of in front of my mind here. No temptation has right. come to you except that which is common to all people. Mm-hmm. That's right. And he will always provide a way out of it. And then I think the very next verse says, like, flee from idolatry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so actually it's worship but false worship. Mm-hmm. So idolatry, right? And, and actually you talked about that earlier. That was uh, 
that, that's something that Lutherans, which I'm a, trained as a Lutheran pastor, we're kind of not branded so much as that, but uh, very much value that. Martin Luther would say, everybody's got a God. And you were kind of getting there, like I we was. all we all worship something. I agree with that. And and what yeah. is worship? Well, I I've never uh, tried to dig into this too deep, but I've heard you know worship kind of comes from this idea of worthship. So yes. so you're assigning worth to something. So worship yes. is what you assign the ultimate worth to. And like That's you right. said, it can be a relationship. It could be ice cream. Hey y'all, it's not ice cream for me. Uh, I do like ice cream, but actually, I got to back off from it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't do it at ten in the morning generally. You know, maybe once a year we have ice cream for breakfast. There's like a <laughs> national ice cream for breakfast day, but uh, but you can even take good things, right? Yes. You can take good right. things and make them bad things if you put them first. So, like, you Amen. should probably love your wife. Yeah, but you shouldn't love your wife more than you love God. That's right. And That's you should right. love your kids, but you shouldn't love your kids more than you love your wife or right. you love. God, right. uh, you should love what you do, but you shouldn't love it more than your kids and your wife and, and you God. It. And so uh, this is uh, Augustine, St. Augustine, 4th century, 4th, mm-hmm. uh, 5th century, yeah. uh, talks about how everything that we're doing wrong, all of it mm-hmm. comes from disordered loves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love things out of order. Uh, we don't love God first. We love him somewhere down the line. And wow. we mix up that's all those good, other things. That's a good example. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, uh, you know, what are some ways to help your mm-hmm. average Christian sort of reorder things? How, how do you get to this yeah. inward, upward, outward? Are yeah. there helpful, practical tips or daily uh, daily kind of... Uh, yeah. I think... First of all, one of the important things that that I have I have seen, first of all, it's the word. Uh, but I would say, we 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 really we we, uh, we which what should I use? We 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 value less on the vertical relationship, um, and we think, our first of all, God go to God alone. Uh, to be where I am, I needed this man to walk me through. Mm. That's why it's very, very important. Human beings were created to be interdependent. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember of a, of a story I read of a pastor who visited, and, and uh, it was, the headline was a speechless, a speechless sermon who went at home of one of the leaders who never came to church for a long time. He found him on the firewood, uh, 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 just warming himself around the firewood, whatever you. So then the pastor arrived and removed one, one, one firewood and put it on the side. Mm. Then he sat for some time. That fire, that 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 firewood that that was put alone started uh, the fire had to stop because uh, it was alone so it had to to completely burn out it, it it couldn't continue burning then he picked it up he put it on the on the fire on, on the on the other firewoods and the it caught fire again um, as much as we need the word. We need one another. Mm-hmm. 
So the first steps, I think it is the word of God also learning from others because the Bible sometimes can be confusing. You wouldn't understand it well. You wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't get a revelation very well of what this is saying until you understand because there are some some scriptures um, people would run into and say, What what does this mean? They'll ask somebody else. So mm. we that word when we 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 put value to the word of God. It is something that is so so important that it can never be taken away from us. First of all, quiet time. We we teach at next level worship. We we call it SOPS. So SOPS means starting with scripture, then observe scripture, apply scripture, pray scripture, then share scripture. So it is, it is not ending on me alone. It is ending with somebody else. So mm. when when this scripture start bubbling up, it, it will start. The first thing, if it is applied so, so well, it will lead to these others. These others are just, are just, are just um, the product of the first thing. So the number one thing is the word. Mm. The word is, that's why church is important. You cannot, you cannot worship. In Africa, there are people who say, I worship on TV. Uh, I'll be watching TV, then I worship. No, 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 no. You need to be together yeah. and worship God as Hebrews uh, 10 verse 25 says. So that's yeah. the word that is our empowering, and that is what Dwayne talked about, the inward worship, loving God. I have learned to love God personally by watching him, by watching my pastor, by watching other people. That have because I've been saying, but how how does he manage? How, how does he manage to write all these things from scripture? I watch you a lot. It's like when you're explaining, you say, you know, I was asking God, I said, I look at it, is he is he okay? <laughs> I think my own wife asks that sometimes. Is yeah. he okay? Yeah. So yeah. I I go and as long as I, it's just your wife. Yeah. You know. Oh, I'm, there's probably several, but that is uh, nice enough not to tell me that. So that also leads me now to go and say, let me ask questions. The questions he asks in scripture, in scripture, and that has really, really helped me. The, these others um, of 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 upward worship, loving others, will come out when we put scripture as superior in our lives. If you want to work at McDonald's. They will tell you the way it is done at McDonald's. Mm. There are some things they follow, and that will make you apply. So when you read that and you make it part of you, then it will it will never be a challenge for you to follow that because it's part of you. So it's like the Word of God. Sometimes, yes, it can be challenging, but the more you do it, the more I live on the Word, the more I just love this God more and more. And let's not forget to watch others. Mm. Watching others for me is one, one very, very important thing because to be where you are, there were some steps you took by first of all on your own and but watching others. Others are watching at you as well to say, <laughs> how can I become like him? Oh, man. Yeah, so it's the word. 
I've, I've, I've added all those things to, to make it a bigger picture so that we may understand. But the number one thing is well, the word. That's helpful, I, especially, you know, being, like I said, trained Lutheran, uh, being a Lutheran, maybe not branded, open arms is not uh, labeled that way. But uh, Lutherans would say that worship starts, it's initiated by God. Amen. Mm-hmm. And God comes to us first. Yes. And he created us, and God, I couldn't agree more with God that. comes to us, it's and that true. the Word is exactly how that plays. I think you know the Word is God talking to us Amen. first. Mm-hmm. We let we let Him speak first, and then we talk. Amen. <laughs> and then yeah. we got something it's to good say. Theology, bro. Um, it's good theology, mm-hmm. And then you're you're talking about other people, and and they help you figure out Scripture. Fascinating. Another Tim Kellerism. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just got so much good stuff, mm-hmm. so many ways. He tells this story. It's actually C.S. Lewis. He he takes C.S. Lewis and makes it understandable because <laughs> some of C.S. Lewis. I struggle with understanding really hard, Lewis sometimes. Really hard. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's Tim Keller's like a a, a modern, understandable C.S. Lewis in a lot I, of ways. I would agree with that. Yeah. But he C.S. Lewis tells this story because he was in like this group of three guys that were really good friends, like best friends. C.S. Lewis, who uh, I think was known as Jack in the group, J.R.R. Tolkien, Mm -hmm. uh, Lord of the Rings guy, uh, Ronald is how he was known. And then the third guy was Charles. I'm not sure exactly who he was. But there's three guys all the time together, right? And then Charles dies. Devastates them to a degree, but in his grief, C.S. Lewis, Jack, is kind of telling himself, well, but now I'll have more of Ronald, you know, because I had 33 and a third percent of each of them, and and then they had 33 and a third percent of me because three people divided by 100 divided by three people is 33 and a third, right? Mm-hmm. So now it's just me and it's Ronald, and so I'll have 50 percent of Ronald. And he he notices, he observes that actually he has less of Ronald without Charles. He says, Charles brought something out of Ronald that he, he's never going to be able to get him to laugh like that again. He's never going to be able to get him to uh, be the way that he was when Charles was around. And so we need other people to bring out all of us, but we also need other people to bring out all of God. We don't yes. know all about we it. We do not. We, even if we memorize this thing, I mean, there's Ooh, God's right. at work in so many different people's lives. If we aren't around other Christians in yep. some way, shape, or form, whether it's yep. like organized or some, we just don't get it. We, we're going to always be missing something. Our growth yep. will always it's be good, stunted. Yep. We'll, the fire will burn out. It's uh, yeah. you know. So that's something that I, I often go back to. That just about blew my mind, and I can't kind of shake it. It's just so good to me. Uh, mm. thinking about it that way but we could probably talk for a good couple hours still oh, yeah um but y'all hungry i mean <laughs> we're supposed to go to dinner at some point is uh is our buddy still watching up in and out oh okay robin you know robin yeah, um, no, Robin. Robin Costello. Yeah, yes. She, oh, hey, yeah. Robin. She's on here. Yay. Where she was. Robin and John. Say, tell John hello. Yep. Um, 
Yep. Clay might, might still be on there. You remember Robin? Of course. Yes. Yes. Beautiful voice. Wow. Oh yeah. Beautiful voice. Yeah. yeah she's uh, she's pretty amazing. Yeah. Does she's she's still here? She's I'm still leading. Here. Oh, yeah. y'all are blessed. She's yeah. amazing. Yeah. She knows her stuff. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's she great. Takes it seriously. Yeah. And, uh, um, and I, I've been able to lead with your musicians, and you got some really talented musicians and vocalists here. Yeah, I've, I've had that opportunity. Now, it's been a while, and so some of those may have changed. Yeah, I'm not sure what it looked yeah. like when you were here know. last. I don't know. My but. son has actually been up oh, there okay. a little bit. He's 13. He played with them this past Sunday. So awesome. Yeah. You can talk to him a little bit. Yeah, it's probably been three or four years. And you came about three years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's probably right before you came. But anyway, so – but. Uh, I will say that I've always enjoyed being here. It's a really good congregation. The fellowship here is sweet, and I uh, feel like there's a lot of people that love the Lord. So that's been my impression. And, and they're in the Word, you know. Very that, strong Word-based. Oh, oh, yeah. Wow. They yeah. are uh, reading the Bible. Yeah. They are praying. They are gathering together in, you know, life groups we call them, yep. but basically like small groups and um, just really, really uh, – there are some studies out there that show that congregations, the, the more a congregation is in the Word, the more people, the higher the percentage of people that are in the Word on a regular basis, in the Bible studies that are going on, and then the small groups, the healthier, healthier they are, and uh, you know, the, the mm. better they respond to things like conflict and, and challenges that, that come up, obstacles, which we could have spent a whole lot of time, you know, both of you, mm talked about defining moments mm-hmm. that were that involve suffering mm-hmm. and a lot of times that's what drives people away from god but actually suffering can bring us Absolutely. closer to god yeah. if we'll let it mm-hmm. if, if we'll give up the worship of those other things right um but uh, can we tell them where to find our absolutely our please yeah, Would you mind uh, take a moment yeah it's next level worship dot com now, that's the website. I mean, we're obviously on Facebook and other places. If you, if you look on Facebook, it's Next Level Worship International. Add that, and you'll find us on Facebook fairly easily. Um, but uh, we've got some resources that are free to download. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a, a, a book that you and I wrote together yes. about how to move a vision forward. It's a leadership book. It could, you know, you, if you're a business person, you could read this book. I'm telling you, it's really dynamite. Just try to help you understand. Like, I got this idea. What do I do with it? You know? Mm-hmm. And so we've got things like that. It's on there. Um, we've got a devotional. We've got some other devotionals, several devotionals on there that you could find. And some of those are free. Mm-hmm. Uh, others are a love offering. And, and some, depending on whether we have to pay to have them printed, you may have to pay some. But it's really just a lot of good materials, the devotionals, to help you grow in your own faith and your own worship. Mm-hmm. And others are to grow in your leadership. The, we really primarily focus on two things. We focus yeah. on leaders of churches, uh, pastors, worship leaders. Uh, we even have children's workers now that we help. Uh, and, and then the other thing we will focus on is an individual's personal devotional life. And uh, go in there and check it out. We'd love for you to come. And, and if we can help you, we want to. Yeah. No, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you had another book that you showed me. I meant to bring it in here. Yeah. He, yeah. We, he, they. we, they. It's interesting. Yeah. It's like, where do those uh, pronouns come from? Well, that's based on the Lord's Prayer, on our Father who art in heaven. That's the he focus. Mm-hmm. So start there. And then, you know, give us this day our daily bread. That's us. We pray for ourselves. And then finally, yours is the kingdom and the power of the world. Well, that's a really big kingdom. I mean, it's not just me. It's not just about my little world. We need to think about other people. 
pray for other people. And so that's what the book's based on. It's a five-week daily devotional. It's pretty in-depth, I'll say. It goes it deep dives pretty well, but it always comes back to simple prayers of devotion that can encourage and help you. Uh, grab a friend, do it together with a friend like you're talking about. It's learn together. Yeah. Um, do it with a small group. That's what it's written for. Yeah, I know we've got a, a several life groups, small groups that are always looking for material. Yeah. So, and if you're one of those Christians that's, uh, you know, been disconnected from a, an established congregation, mm-hmm. kind of not liking the institutional stuff, uh, yeah. here's a resource. Here's a good resource. Yeah. You got to use it with somebody. Use it with your family. Use it with uh, some Christian neighbors, something like yeah, that. Yeah, we've actually got, like, people in apartment building that got going into it with their, their neighbors. It's like, okay, they're going through it together. Okay, yeah. but it becomes an evangelistic tool. Uh, it's interesting. Some, sometimes when churches go through it, their 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 middle school, their their teenagers will make bracelets, especially their girls. They'll make bracelets. <laughs> girls like the bracelets, and and it'll say he, we, they, or just H W T, and uh, they're really attractive little bracelets. I mean, I wouldn't wear one, but I'm not a girl. Um, but but it's a, they say I've not worn one. I wouldn't know. But they said it's a good witnessing tool. People say, "What does that mean?" So you know, that's that that helps remind me to pray. What do you yeah. mean by that? And uh, and it gets them in a conversation about praying to God. It's really powerful. Yeah, good mm-hmm. stuff. Anything to get someone else to ask yeah, you. Yeah, it's a d- discussion starter. You, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. a much safer way to mm-hmm. to get there. So, very thanks cool. for the time today. We've enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh wow! It's great hey, to meet you, man. Yeah, to meet thank you. you. Uh, it's Amel. Amel, like an A. Yeah, I. But it's not, not spelled A, so. like that. Well, E in just about every other language sounds like an A, or at least every other. Okay, uh, so what what descent is that? I'm just curious. Uh, my dad's from Iceland. Iceland. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so Emil. Emil Ingvi Gretersen. Gretersen. I wondered how to pronounce your last name. Yeah, it's totally oh. uh, totally Icelandic. I, yeah, I actually Gretersen. dropped my boarding pass in the airport in Iceland one time, and it took me. I don't know how long they had this pass, <laughs> this boarding pass, right? Uh, but Finally, I realized, I'm like, they're saying my name. They're saying your name, but totally different. But I don't know what else they're saying. <laughs> when I saw your name was spelled out, I thought, I'm going to have to ask him how to say that. You know, yeah, so, well, okay. I, I, I probably made a bad habit of not really correcting people because it's just you just do it a right. lot. And, and uh, some people care, some people don't care. So, you know, I, I do it maybe once or twice, and I'm like, yeah, whatever you say, I'm pretty much I'll go with well, it. Well, you've got so. some members here that are dear friends of ours or part of our board of directors, uh, Elaine and and Clay Gay, mm-hmm. and a shout out to them. We appreciate and love them so much. But they spoke speak very highly of you. And he told me, he said, now, before you talk to him, you didn't know how to pronounce his name. It's Amel. I said, okay. <laughs> so he helped me. Amel. He schooled me in it before we talked. Amel. <laughs> we've, got, we've got that name, and I was telling him that in our country we say Emil. So that is one way, Emil, yeah. Emil, yeah, Emil, uh, Emil sometimes is a, is a way to do it, or Emil, or people do it all different kinds of ways. Uh, but uh, there, well, my wife and I, we, we honeymooned in Hawaii, and we, we came down this uh, mountain, Haleakala. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can get on the top of the mountain and ride these bikes down. You just basically coast down the volcano, okay, yeah. and... At the end, we stop for breakfast, and we're just kind of walking around waiting for the group to sort of get back together and drive back to our hotel. And, and there's this little nothing bridge over a little creek somewhere, but the road needed to get over it. So they built this tiny little bridge uh, for cars to pass over, and there's a sign, and it's like 
the Amel, and then in parentheses, Bill something, last name, I don't know, Memorial Bridge. Like this, but here's this guy named Amel who changed his name to Bill because he probably got yeah. <laughs> so annoyed <laughs> trying to get trying people to tell to people right. how to spell it. Yeah, the way I say it when I'm trying to explain it to people is like if you know the story in the Bible, Cain and Abel. Yeah, like Abel, Abel, except switch to be with an M. Amel. So Amel. That's good. That's and a good way to remember it. Yeah, Abel was the good one. Just remember it's a good one. In Iceland, so the surnames are son, 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 Segerson. Good. In Iceland, really. Yeah, I've never noticed Iceland. that. Yeah, daughter, I, too. So if it's yeah. a woman, it's daughter. It's it's ends oh, in daughter. Yeah. Or daughter. Yeah. But really? the man, I, it, I, I watch a lot of soccer, so all of the, the, the this. I watched Iceland in the European Cups, and every, every name was in it, son. Son, son. I said, "All oh, right." Wow. They don't even put the last names in the uh, the phone book. I think they just, or, or they, they they abbreviate it, but they go by first name, middle name, and the last name is just kind of like, oh, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, we can talk more about all yeah. that kind of stuff. We got some time. We can talk about that over dinner. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's oh, right. but I'm sorry, you guys want to get to enjoy dinner. I'm sorry about that. But yeah. We're about to go to dinner. Yeah, you won't get to enjoy that, but that's okay. All right. Um, maybe we'll have you back sometime. We'll talk some more. We'll talk yeah. uh, all kinds of cool stuff. But well, we enjoyed it. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank appreciate you. you very much, and uh, we'll catch you later. Hey, y'all! Like, share, subscribe, all those good things. Spread the word. Don't forget to taste and see that the Lord is good. Ice cream is sweet. Even uh, king cake ice cream is sweeter, right? But but Jesus is even sweeter than that. So uh, hang on to him. We'll catch you later. See ya.